Welcome to the More Than Corporate podcast, where we discuss finding fulfillment, defining success, and living your best life. There's no roadmap to success, no one-size-fits-all answer to fulfillment. I believe it requires us all to be vulnerable and authentic about what we want to accomplish and have the courage to step out of our comfort zone to chase our dreams. Keep listening to hear stories from inspiring people who make it their mission to live their best life every day. I am so excited to be here on this episode of the More Than Corporate Podcast. I'm here again as part of the PodMax event, which I absolutely love. You guys hear me talk about it all the time. The reality is the vulnerability and authenticity and openness at this event is almost like church to me. It's refreshing and I absolutely love it. I'm excited to bring on our guest today, Eli Marcus. Um, Eli, thank you so much for coming on the show with me. Amber, I am super pumped. You got the endorphins going and exploding in my brain here. I like your energy. I'm working on it, man. It is nine, what, eight o'clock here? Eight o'clock here. So we started early and um, 4.30, I was up doing my morning routine and getting all ready Ooh. for this. So. so let's go ahead and start, first of all, with this um, background that you have going on, because I think it's so ironic. Um, you have such this amazing story that we're going to get to in just a minute. But where did the name, the mayor of Times Square, come from? And how are you embracing that? Well, it did not come from me because I'm not that heady, Amber, to call myself <laughs> something of that nature. It actually came from the fact that I'm in the tourism industry in New York City. And a Broadway producer said to me one day, he says, you know something, Eli? He says, I think I see you 10 times a day in Times Square. He says, you're the damn mayor of Times Square. <laughs> I love and he, it. Yeah, and it started to catch on with a bunch of people. And then some graphic artists uh, started calling me the mayor of Times Square. And then he went ahead and I get an email one day and I see this virtual background. It says the mayor of Times Square. And I'm like, oh my God, am I going to use that? Uh, and I'm like, oh, you know something? Stephanie Germanata was not, you know, uh, born Lady Gaga. So right. she went with the name and look where that took her. Yeah. And, and on that note for just a second, because I remember the first time that I saw her as Stephanie, not as Lady Gaga. And I think really? it was in a talent competition as um, a, a mentor. And I remember thinking, is she really the best mentor for a talent competition? Because all I had ever seen was this over the top, like she had a fantastic voice, but when I saw the rawness that exists underneath that and learned about her story and her background. And, you know, we talk so much on this podcast about letting go of societal expectations and becoming who you are meant to be. And I think that she's just a fantastic example of doing what you need to do to be the person that you're supposed to be in the world. You know, it's really well said, you know, Amber, it all comes down to fear you know, that, that four-letter word, you know, false evidence appearing real. You know, we've heard that acronym before. And uh, the only thing that stops most people from going to the next step is that fear. You know, that what if, you know, what if it doesn't work? Or what if it does work? Yeah. We and have such this, I, this way of making the worst case scenario out of things. We like, do. We, everything is, is made up in our head anyways, as far as the future is concerned. So why do we always make up a worst case scenario? What do you have to say about that? Self-belief. We have to believe in ourselves. We have to believe that we are a product of a maker who has given us the best DNA possible 
to make anything happen. And we have to be willing to give up something that's already good to get something that's great. And many of us don't want to give that up. We got that comfort blanket like Linus, you know, in the Peanuts, uh, you know, comic strip. We don't want to give up that security blanket. Yeah. And that's super powerful in all areas of life. So whether we're talking about business or relationships or, or success or, or whatever it is we're talking about, everybody has that thing that they, that's, that's helping them survive right now. Um, you're in a job that's paying your bills or you're in a relationship that doesn't fulfill you, but you feel safe. And walking out of that to an unknown. I heard a quote a while back that said, don't give up your peace because chaos is comfortable. And I remembered thinking it's so relevant to everything that goes on in the entrepreneurial journey. We sit in our safe zone and we're not happy and it's chaotic and we know there's something better, but that something better is unknown and scary to us. And what if it doesn't work out the way we think it will? Well, if you're not waking up in the morning with this incredible energy, literally jumping out of bed. If you're just rolling your eyes and, you know, go, oh my God, you know, uh, I am tired. I'd like another 10 minutes of sleep. Something is wrong. And if you really think about it, you're in often what I call an okay state. Things are okay. Oh, I, you know, I go by subway, I get to work, I crunch in with 40 million other people. Um, you know, I look at my watch all day, can't wait till five o'clock, but it's okay. You know, I make a living, I'm going to get a pension, you know, uh, things are all right. Uh, or are they all right? And we all deserve much better than okay. We deserve greatness. And the only way to get greatness is to challenge yourself, be vulnerable, and give up the fear that's stopping us. And it's a question of self-confidence. Build your self-confidence. Get a coach who can build your self-confidence. Many of us are, you know, you can't be an island unto yourself. And the greats of this world, uh, the LeBron James or anybody else at a high position, have coaches. They have mentors, people behind them. So when they are down, they bring them right back up. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. I actually have a um, five-day challenge that's wrapping up today, and today is all about accountability. And I just did a video on this exact topic of find somebody who cares about you enough to tell you the things that you don't want to hear, the things that you're not willing to say to yourself, somebody who's invested in your success and not invested in your trauma and your story and your pain. Well, I'll tell you the greatest pain, Amber. The greatest pain is to look into your future as an older person you know, in your dying bed and thinking about probably the thing you're going to think about is what did I do with my life? You know, what else could I have done? And the most dreams in this life end up in the graveyard. You don't want to be in that bed one day looking back and saying to yourself, what if, what if I had tried this? What if I had tried that? It's, you know, the, the old saying is it's better to have tried and failed than never to have tried and all. And that is so true. When I fail, actually, I rejoice in it. You see, and that's something I don't think anybody has ever said. Rejoice in your failure because you at least have the knowing that you tried and you can always pick yourself back up, get off the canvas, a canvas and do it again. So many greats have failed in many businesses until they finally, you know, got what they needed. I mean, Albert Einstein and, uh, and Thomas Edison failed 5,000 times until he 
uh, invented this thing called the electric light and all the other great things he did. So you have to embrace failure. It's part of the process. It's okay. You'll learn from that failure. But unless you go and challenge yourself and give up okay, you will never be content. Yeah, I love that so much. And one of the things that I want to talk about really quickly, because we started this off by talking about this mayor of Times Square, and you said that you were in Times Square multiple times a day, and someone said, I'm the mayor of Times Square, or you're the mayor of Times Square. And that would not have been possible if you weren't putting yourself out there, if you didn't, if you weren't out there making, taking risks with your day and, and doing things that move you in the right direction with no guarantee of payoff. And you've done some great things with your career from seminars um, and teaching how to get those off with the seminar centers and your motivation show podcast and um, being able to interview books and or book authors and experts. And all of that comes from being willing to put yourself out there. Can you talk about the number one challenge that you feel like people need to overcome to get to that spot where they are showing up in a way that people can actually support them? Well, it's a great question. And so many people are sitting back waiting for mana to drop from heaven. Now, the last time I checked, Amber, in the uh, that was in the Bible, how many thousands of years ago? Mana is not dropping from the heaven. You're unlikely to win the lotto. So get that fantasy out of your head. You can play it and have fun with it, but it's not likely to happen. You've got to have the elbow grease and you got to be able to put the work in and you got to take a risk. It's okay. It's okay to fail. Um, and so my thinking is that every human being has to give themselves that opportunity to find out what they're really made out of. Uh, how many of us really know what we're made out of? How are we ever going to know what we're made out of unless we challenge ourselves? And you can't do what your neighbor's doing if your neighbor is deciding to be a nine to fiver and punch the clock. Uh, you can't be influenced by that. You got to be influenced by the champions, which is why I read every book from every champion I can get my, my hands on, every motivational speaker. And those are the models that I want. Those are the people that I want to emulate. And so Tony Robbins talks about that. It, uh, he calls it modeling. You model after other people who have done great things. And if you continue to do that, you believe in yourself, you will eventually reach the top of the mountain. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Um, the books that you've read, the content that you have consumed from the people that you want to model and the people that have the life that you want to have or the, the resources that you want to have, what are your personal techniques for actually implementing that? Because I feel like there are a lot of people out there that are like, I'm doing personal development. I read 25 books this month. And you're taking in the content and then you're just letting it go. So how do you implement that information? Well, that's a great question because so many people come to me and say, you know, Eli, you know, I've tried this motivation thing before. I'm like, what do you mean you tried it? Well, you know, I, I went to a seminar, you know, three years ago. And, uh, you know, I listened to a podcast a year ago. Well, do, do you take vitamins once every three years? Do you eat once every three years? It's a daily thing, you know, because look, life happens. And what people don't realize is there's 40 things a day that happen to all of us. You know, they could be little gnawing things. We, we don't, it's not necessarily a big thing happening, but it's little things. And you got to get used to that. And you got to get comfortable with that. Uh, so, the reality is you have to be able to have a mindset 
And again, going back to 1936 in Mindset, the original book that started off the, the self-help motivational movement, Think and Grow Rich, Napoleon Hill. Now, it's a good thing you read the book, but you don't really have to if you don't have the time or don't want to take the time. Just internalize the title, Think and Grow Rich. It's all in the mind. You, be, you know, Earl Nightingale, another one of my mentors, says you become everything you think about most often. Think how powerful that is. You become everything you think about most often. What do you fill in your mind up? With self-doubt that maybe it's going to fail? Or what if? If you're going to fill your mind up with that, you're going to gravitate to that. That's why somebody went ahead and sold millions of books, Law of Attraction, The Secret. But it all goes back to 1936, Think and Grow Rich. You, be, you, know, you become what you think about. You have to set your mind in a way that's going to gravitate you towards your goal, not towards the negative. Then I had a guy flew in from California. He wrote a book that, that's now in the American jargon. You know, it's called Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, Dr. Richard Carlson. So again, read the book, but you don't have to. If you can internalize that title, uh, don't sweat the small stuff. And the subtitle was It's All Small Stuff. So a lot of people shrink from being an entrepreneur and quitting their day job because all that small stuff is getting to them. You know, the, you know, having to put the paperwork together, dealing with the lawyer, dealing with the CPA, dealing with the equipment, dealing with the rent. And it's like, oh my God, it's overwhelming. Well, is it or is it all small stuff? And yeah. if you change your definition, you will become everything that you want to become in this life. Yeah, 100%. One of the things that really sticks out at me from what you're, what you're saying, and one of the things that immediately came to my mind is that we spend so much time in our lives trying to control the future, trying to control the outcome, trying to make sure we're putting ourselves in places where we're not going to fail, we're not going to get hurt, we're not going to have to take unnecessary risks. And yet we give away all of the control of our lives to the universe by pretending that the thoughts that we think and the things that we say and the small little actions that we take aren't creating our future. And so we, we want control so badly. And then we just give that control to someone else by saying, Oh, I guess the universe is against me today. Well, you know, I'm going to go back again to my, one of my mentors. We talked about him, Earl Nightingale, you know, and his definition of success was one of my favorite definitions of all time. Success is the progressive realization of a worthy goal. Now that first word, progressive, how are you progressing each and every day of your life? Are you just getting up in the morning and it's, you know, Groundhog Day again, deja vu all over again? Or are you progressing? It doesn't have to be a major progression. It could be a 1% progression. But like we said before, it's better to have failed than never to have tried at all. But your chances of success are so much greater if you have that progression every single day. Learn something every day. Listen to Amber's podcast. Pick up a book. Go on your Kindle. It's a daily thing. It is like a vitamin. It is like food. It is like oxygen because motivation can wear off. We have to be continuously inspired because life happens to us. COVID happens to us. Things are happening. The S is hitting the fan all the time. 
So we need the constant reinforcement. For some people, it's their faith. It's their synagogue. It's their church. It's their mosque. For me, it's motivation. For me, I'm the motivator, yet I need to listen to the motivators all the time. And so they're the other motivators. Yeah, I, that's so important because I was just about to move into your The Motivation Show podcast because I think that's such a fantastic name. And the idea that even somebody who is motivating others still needs to be motivated by somebody else. My, my coach has a saying that the four most dangerous words in the English language are, I already know that. And going into any situation saying, I don't need to learn this. I already know this. I don't need motivation. I already have it, um, is so detrimental to our success and our future. Um, and, I, and I love that you brought that up. Where did this passion for motivation come from to the point where you host a podcast about it? I love that question. So um, at one point in my life, I was reluctant to reveal my vulnerability you know, I wanted to kind of have this facade that everything was, was good in my life. Um, I realized that did not serve me well. So now I tell my true story and my real story. This shy kid that was sitting in the back of the classroom didn't want the teacher to call on him. But he always looked at the people in the front of the class chatting with each other. They seemed to have the prettiest girls. They seemed to be having the most fun. They were always laughing and smiling. And I said, you know something? I think I want to really be that. But I didn't know how to be that. And so I started to pick up every book that I possibly could on self-help. And I learned along the way to challenge myself and to feel okay with falling flat on my face. And I realized I didn't die. Not only did I not die, I found out I had certain aptitudes that I didn't realize I had. Uh, now, what would a shy kid be doing uh, in the sales profession. You don't choose the sales profession. You go behind a computer. What would a shy kid be doing doing his own podcast? So I learned to do the things that frightened me most. And I realized that there was another side to me. There was this extroverted side. I'm the extroverted introvert. How many people out there think that they label themselves as an introvert and they're actually an extroverted introvert? Maybe we're all introverted to some degree, as hard as that may be to, to to think that's, that Robin Williams was, was introverted to some degree. But, you know, most of us have that introverted side. But we also have that extroverted side. Barbara Streisand, you know, she goes on stage, she lights up the stage. Michael Jackson, Johnny Carson, they were all shy. When they get off the stage, they were uncomfortable being in a room of 20 people. Yet they can stand in front of 40 million people like Johnny Carson did each night. Yeah, that's a super powerful thing for people to understand because I feel like, especially in the entrepreneurial space, that people see an end result. People see a person like you who has spent years being willing to be vulnerable and putting yourself out there and perfecting your craft, and they see the end result and say, I could never do that. Yes, they can. They can do it because you know something? I thought my handicap was the worst handicap. So I, I read about the handicap that Tony Robbins had, you know, he was overweight and he lived in a 600 foot flat and he's going nowhere. Uh, and you know, yeah, he had, he had his challenges, but being shy to me was a hundred times worse. Les Brown, one of my favorite motivational speakers, he was labeled educably retarded 
Now that that's a big handicap when you're told that you can't even learn or, or, you know, how could you teach if you can't learn, if you're educated to be retarded. And he grew up in a really rough section of Miami. Um, and with all due respect to Les Brown, I still think my handicap is, is, was rougher because if you're shy, you can't really get up in front of an audience. If you can't get up in front of an audience, how are you going to, you know, make a living? It's a rough thing to do. So uh, if I can do it, the shyest kid in the school, the kid that probably would have been voted the least likely to succeed on any, succeed on any great level, if I can do it with my self-doubt, my insecurity, my belief that I wasn't good enough, my belief that success was for other people, not for me, if I can do it, this kid from Queens brought up with five cents in his pocket with humble parents that had no money. If I can do it, anybody can do it. Yeah, I love that so much. And again, this is what I love about podcasting. And what I love about this space is that these conversations of this is how I feel. I still feel like I'm failing. I still feel like, or I'm still glad I'm failing because that means that I'm trying new things and that everything I do doesn't work out the way that I expect it to. And then you make the best of that. And sometimes when it doesn't work out the way you expect it to, it works out better than you ever expected. But these conversations, you know, there's somebody sitting in the background that has this fantastic, amazing idea who has thought I can't do this their entire life. And these conversations are hopefully what convinces that person that they get to reach out and give it a shot. These events, networking, conferences, like surrounding yourself with people like yourself who have this motivational um, gift is so important to your success. I use one word during the COVID times that's prevalent in all my discussions, and that's collaboration. Um, if we're not collaborating with other human beings, we're not progressing as much as we possibly can. And everybody's got a gift that you don't have. You've got your own gift. Everybody else has another gift. There's a whole lot of people a lot smarter than I am in every subject other than my own. And if I don't pick their brains in a nice way, and I don't allow them to pick my brain, so we're giving to each other. We're not progressing. But in life, you have to first be in a position where you're giving. You have to love other people, and then you have to love yourself. A lot of people don't start business because they really don't love themselves. They really look at their flaws. You got to love yourself. You, you got to really get to the point where you say to yourself, I forgive myself for my flaws. I love myself. I'm going to become something great. And when you can do that, you now set the foundation for all success. Love yourself first and love the people around you. So many of us take the people around us for granted. We're not giving. When I say giving, I don't mean monetary giving. Give of yourself. Give of your empathy. Give of your compliments. I don't get complimented that often. Uh, why not? Because people don't think of it. They don't realize that one compliment can change the way people view you for a lifetime. And now you get to play in their sandbox. And but we're talking sincere compliments. And everybody's got something great about them. I mean, here you are, Amber. You're putting together this incredible show, helping people to get out of this box where you know that there's, they know that there's something more for them. They just can't find a way in their mind to break through. You're, you're providing a life changer, a game changer. Kudos to you. 
Thank and you. that's the kind of stuff that people need to say to each other, uplift each other. Yeah, I 100% agree. And going back to the monetary thing, like for at some point in time, I feel like this, so the stories that I hear on this podcast and the conversations that I have with people all have a common theme. And it starts with, I thought money was the answer and I chased money and I chased <laughs> success. And then that didn't fulfill me. And I, I had to step back and I had to figure out what I really wanted out of life and then overcome all of the things that I had created by thinking money was the answer. The not being willing to show vulnerabilities and emotions because that pushes away money in the minds of some people. Um, and when we switch that, that thinking and we start saying, instead of the donation that I want to make monetarily to this person, let me call them and see if there's another way that we can collaborate together. Let me call and give them a compliment. Um, so what people may or may not know is um, my birthday was actually yesterday and a really good friend Happy of mine. Happy birthday thank to you. you. Um, a really good friend of mine drove in from San Diego and surprised me to be here. There was no money wow. involved in Beautiful. that other than her gas money. And yet it meant more to me than any present that anybody could have sent me. And that's just proof that time and thought, that email that says, hey, I'm just thinking about you today, just wanted to see if there's anything that you need that I may be able to assist you with, will go so much further than any monetary donation you can give to someone. Well, what's interesting is uh, you heard uh, Josh, who's heading this conference, talk about me having this, um, if there was a Guinness World Record, I would probably have that in sales. Um, and so I'm bringing it up not to brag because it's not impressing me, but I'm bringing up a point. Um, what if you didn't actually try to sell it, but you sold anyway? Think about that concept. Most people are overselling. They're pushing. They're doing what's called the close, right? They got all these books on how to close. What if it just, the close just happened naturally? What if you were so empathetic and so nice and so giving that people just wanted to come to you and buy from you rather than for you to try to sell them. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I feel like the word value is so overused right now, yet it has a, the idea behind it, the, the spirit behind it still has a place. And so it's gotten to the point almost where I get a message from somebody on LinkedIn or Facebook that says, hey, I'd love to connect just to see how I can add value to your life. And what I hear is I want to interview you and see whether or not you're a good fit for my program that I'm eventually yeah. going to sell you at the end of that call. Yeah. Um, but stepping back and figuring out the true way that you can use your gifts that you have to improve another person's life with no expectation of anything in return opens up that door for later on down the road collaboration. It's a long-term game. It's not a short-term game. And I think that's so important, but it goes back to something you said about having to love yourself first. You can't share your gifts with the world if you don't acknowledge that you have them. You know, it's interesting because, Amber, you brought up something about social media. And someone just the other day, you know, uh, sent me a, a request uh, to connect on LinkedIn. And then she went into a, a whole sales pitch. So I wrote her back and I told her how to play in my sandbox. Now, most people aren't going to tell you that, right? So I said, take 10 seconds. Here's a link. 
simply subscribe to my podcast. Now, as a podcast, you know how important that is, right? Yeah. Um, and all it takes is 10 seconds, right? So she decided to give me another pitch. She went, she was, oh, well, but, you know, here's the value of what we can do for you, blah, 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 blah. Now, I'm tone deaf to her because I gave her the formula and she wasn't willing to listen to the formula. 10 seconds. So you have to be attuned. What is it that the other person needs or wants. Now, I talked to a billionaire recently. Now, billionaire, do they really need a lot? <laughs> or do they want things? They still want something. So what I try to do is find out what is it that you want? How can I contribute without trying to siphon money out of your pocket, which everyone else is trying to do, knowing that you're a billionaire? How can I just simply contribute? No agenda. Let me back you. What you have is a great cause and I want to get behind you. That's a far different approach than try to convince somebody, can you just put a, you know, a million dollars isn't going to be a big deal to someone like you. Can you just finance me for this project that I have? It's a little different project. That's a little different approach. Yeah. And, and can we talk for just a second about like being real about this, not wanting anything in return? Because so many people are like, oh, I don't want anything in return. And then they want something in return. And that bleeds well, through, bleeds through. Great point. So uh, I approached uh, two very high profile people. And uh, uh, one of them is, uh, you know, the best selling book author in history and nonfiction. And I said to myself, well, do you really need me? You know, he's got so much. So my first imp impression is always, what can I give? Uh, so I asked the question, what can I give? And he told me, and I said, look, I'm not even interested in compensation. I'm going to put my entire agenda out front. I want to play in your sandbox. I want you to be my mentor. And I want to pay the price. There's a price for that. And so money is not my current ob objective. Sure, in a year or two from now, would I be liking to make some money? Sure, why not? Right now, I want to learn from you. I want to learn from the best. Tell me what I need to do and consider it done. That's yeah. a whole different approach. So that's, I, I laid my agenda out on the table rather than to have that sneaky little agenda pop its rear its little ugly head later. And it's like, aha, now we get it. Yeah. It wasn't such a give after all. Yeah, 100%. And I, so I want to comment really quickly. You've used this term a couple of times and I'm in love with it, play in your sandbox. Because we tend to separate life and work in a way that we shouldn't many times. Um, people talk about work-life balance, which I don't believe is actually a thing. I think you have a life and you work to support that life in a way that fulfills you. Um, taking this as play in your sandbox, I want to have fun. Like it, it, it makes this fun loving mentality of like, this isn't work. This, I, I just want to come hang out with you. And, and if it works out, that's great. And if it doesn't, then one of us gets to leave. Like, I love the sandbox analogy. I like to have fun in life. I'm very serious, but I'm also having fun. And I think I got a really nice sandbox with a lot of great people. And to play in my sandbox, I consider a privilege to play in someone else's sandbox. That's a privilege for me. And so in order to play in my sandbox, you know, using that word value, uh, and it does, again, it's not a question of monetary value, which what are you bringing to the table? Uh, for me, honestly, and it may sound a little hokey, 
are you bringing me kindness? Are you helping to uplift me, the uplifter? Because I need my own uplifting. Are you, are you attuned to what I'm trying to accomplish and helping me on that path to accomplishing it? Because I can take almost any human being, find out what is it they're looking for, and I very strongly believe I can find the solution. I interviewed a guy on my podcast who helps save people's lives literally. Now, that may sound cliche, save lives. That's what he does. He's a cardiologist. He saves lives. But he saves it in a, in a way that's different from all the other cardiologists. He wrote a book called Prevent and Reverse Heart Disease. That's the number one killer. That's an awful lot of people being killed. Are, you know, everybody knows somebody who died of heart disease. And so he talks about six simple things you, you add to your diet. It takes 10 minutes a day that will give you somewhat of an immunity to dying of heart disease and likely other diseases as well, because it's along the same principles. And I will often tell people that, and they'll roll their eyes, and they haven't even heard me. You would think they would ask me, well, tell me, and, and want to adopt it, but no. So it goes to show you that, you know, you have to have a ready mindset. You have to be ready for the answers. You have to be looking for the answers, because if you're not looking for the answers, the answers can pop you in the head, knock you over, and you still don't even know you got the answers. People tell me I'm looking for a job. The other day, literally, this literally happened. And I said, well, I've been placing people in jobs. No questions, no comments. <laughs> and it's like, did you not hear what I said? And, you know, then they're complaining about their struggle. So they haven't, they haven't heard because they're too busy talking and thinking about what to say next. That's why God gave us two ears and one mouth. We can listen better. Can't yeah. learn when we're talking. You know, there have been multiple times during this conversation that I have to remind myself that I'm hosting a podcast interview because what you're saying is just so powerful and resonates with me so much that I just want to keep letting you talk. So I love what you're talking about. I love what you're saying. And I think that the biggest takeaway that I have from this whole conversation is, and, and this is really uncomfortable for so many people to do, but to sit down and really identify your strengths, really identify what you bring to the table, what you bring to the world, because we have kind of all been raised in this, like, you have to be humble, like, don't be selfish, don't be egotistical mentality. And, and while I agree with that, how do you know what value you can bring to somebody? How do you know how you can help somebody? How do you know how you can impact somebody else's life if you can't even acknowledge to yourself what your strengths are? And so I'm just imagining this exercise that's coming from listening to you talk about being willing to be honest and vulnerable about your strengths and the willingness to share those with the world. Well, what's fascinating, Amber, is sometimes you don't even know your own strengths and you find them the hard way you find out about them. So the first time that I got on a major media, I was in New York City on WR radio and like this is a national uh, radio show. And I'm like, hmm, could be an awful lot of people listening in here. And I was a little nervous at first, the first time. Um, but you know something, you get through it and you learn that you have a strength that you'd never knew you had because you never tried. You never got up on that hang glider and realized that you can do it. You know, you never overcame that fear of flying. You know, you didn't, you didn't give yourself the chance. You stopped. You allowed the fear to push you back. So 
you have to be able to feel the fear and do it anyway, which is the name of a great book written by Dr. Susan Jeffers, who I had at my seminar center company uh, over 20 years ago. And it's another book where you should read, but if you just internalize the title, feel the fear and do it anyway. So often I feel the fear. Sometimes I can't even control my fear. I know what to do with the fear, but I just can't control it. It comes, the anxiety is there. And I think a lot of people can relate to me. They have the anxiety. They don't want to feel that anxiety, but you have to feel the anxiety. And it's okay to feel the anxiety. And it's okay to have the fear. We all have some degree of it. You can overcome it. And the only way to overcome it is through repetition. The only way you become a great ball player Repetition. How do you shoot 90% free throws? Repetition. Doesn't just happen. You're just born that way. Who's born a champion? Yeah. Yes, we have the DNA of champion, but we have to develop the DNA. Michael Jordan says, he, you know, yeah, he was maybe born with certain gifts, but look at the thousands of hours he spent in the gym. He was, you know, cut from his varsity team, uh, junior varsity, not even the varsity, the junior varsity team. So yeah, he may have had the gifts, but he didn't develop them. So until you decide to keep challenging yourself, you'll never find out what other gifts that you actually have that you can't put on a piece of paper. Yeah, I 100% agree with that. Um, so for anybody, because I feel like I could have this conversation with you for hours. Unfortunately, we don't have multiple hours. Um, so for anybody who wants to continue this conversation, who wants to learn more about your podcast or learn more about the coaching services that you offer or the sales training that you offer, where is the best place for them to reach you? Well, you can start at my website, EliMarcusSuccess.com. I'm a mentor. And for those people that are interested, I can certainly help you see the light. Um, and also listen to my podcast. That's free for those that, you know, can't make the investment in themselves. But I have to tell you something, and people don't have to hire me. They should hire somebody. Everybody needs a mentor. And they need a mentor that's real serious and will hold you accountable. Because most of us, unfortunately, will not hold ourselves accountable. Because, you know, something, there's too many distractions. There's too many reasons for us to like go to the refrigerator, go watch a movie, go watch a debate. There's a million distractions, social media. Oh, I got to do this. You got to have that mentor that's going to keep you on the straight and narrow path. Absolutely. 100%. So we have a few minutes left and I want to switch gears just a little bit. We've sprinkled so much through this podcast about fear and failure and comfort zones that I would normally talk about in the second half of this podcast. Um, but there is one question I ask every single guest and I want to know for you individually, what does success mean to you? How do you define it for yourself? At the end of the day, I have a philosophy maybe unlike most people, I've never heard anybody use my philosophy, but a lot of people are now adapting it. My goal in life is simple. Every human being that comes across my path, I want them to be just slightly better. It could be just 1% better, it could be 10% better. As long as they're slightly better, as long as they've learned something. That's my passion, that's my goal. Because what do we wanna be remembered for at the end of the day? that we had four houses in Beverly Hills, New York City, Florida, and where else? Or do we run remembered for what we did? So hate to be morbid, but when you have your funeral, are people gonna come there out of obligation? 
because you're a family member or they feel they're supposed to be there, or they got to come out of there to your funeral because you made a difference in their life and they want to honor you. So if you, if you go to the end of your life first and think about that, that will steer the ship for you on what you're supposed to do, which is help people, love people. In the Bible, it says, love thy neighbor as thyself. How many people, Amber, really live by that, that go and to these churches and synagogues and Mars, learn that every day, but don't even apply it necessarily? Yeah, absolutely. So that's the golden rule of life. Love thy neighbor as thyself. Help others. And it's a tough thing because we're innately somewhat selfish. You know, when we're children, what do we do? We, we want, ah, we cry and we want something, right? And we... A lot of us don't grow out of that. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's so the it's, truth. it's hard to give and it's hard to understand that by giving, we get more. So most of us are not givers. We like every human being that I've ever met thinks that they're a giver. I hate to disappoint them, but most people I know are not givers. But I can tell you that those are, that are, are the ones that make the biggest difference for me, the ones that I tend to befriend more and the ones that I'm inspired by more, they set the example and the bar for me because I did, was not born a giver. I had to learn that process. And I learned it from my aunts going to Thanksgiving dinners and having 35 of us cooking selfishly, which I didn't appreciate back then, didn't understand <laughs> that well, it was not a given that they had to spend four days cooking turkey, you know, and, and putting everything else together. Years later, I got to understand, wow, what a sacrifice, what love, what non-agenda they had what a difference they made in my life. Yeah, I love that. And I'm really glad that you brought up as we, as, we, as we start to end here, I'm really glad that you brought up that by giving, you actually get more in return because what I was going to say um, was that you mentioned the four houses in different areas of the country or do you want to be remembered as somebody who gave um, and they don't have to be exclusive. It's just what the priority is, right? Because when you, you can have both. give- you get so much more back that you get to have the houses, but nobody cares about them. They care about the fact that you gave and that's why they returned that energy. The only thing that people remember about me is how I made them feel. They don't remember that I've sold $125 million in ad sales. Who cares? I don't care. You know, it's just a, a means to an end. Uh, but what I remember when I want to be remembered for it is simply how did you make them feel? I love it. Well, we are reached to the end of our time, but I do have really quickly before we wrap up, since we are both fun loving people, a quick random round to let everybody get to know you a little bit more. Are you okay with that? Oh, sure. Let's go. Perfect. If you could do any profession other than what you're currently doing, what would you like to attempt? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, well, there's two things. Can I have two? You can have as many as you want. <laughs> well, I'd love to be a pitcher for the New York Mets. <laughs> I could go back and do that. Uh, that passion for baseball and sports. Um, and honestly, number two is I wish I would have started earlier doing what I'm doing uh, and done what you're talking about, which is quit the day job, went after my passion, got on stages all over the world, impacted people, lifted people up, got them out of their comfort zones and made them happier people. I love it. Um, if you could time travel, where would you go and why? Ooh, that's a, that's a good one. Um, hmm. So 
I think I would have to probably go back to biblical times uh, and be with Moses and watch him split the Red Sea, watch the miracles happening that I didn't believe in, didn't understand, didn't know were possible. And so I want to see what I thought was impossible become the possible. I love it. Um, we've talked a ton about personal development and content today. Is there a book that you would recommend to somebody who is early on in their entrepreneurial journey that you think would impact the direction that their life goes? I would have to go back to the original book in the self-help field, which is 1936's Think and Grow Rich. You know, that started everybody else's book. You know, that's where the secret came from. That's where, you know, all these other uh, law of attraction, that's what it all started from. It all starts in the mind until you are able to get your mind to believe in yourself, to love yourself, to love others, and to know that it's going to be okay no matter what, no matter how many failures. Until you can get yourself to that part, you're going to be stuck in analysis paralysis. I love it. And lastly, and this is a purely selfish question because I'm a music nerd and I have a playlist of all of the answers. What is your pump up song? What is that song that you hear and you just can't have a bad day? The Rocky thing. Yes. Easy. Absolutely. I love it. Yes. I love anything it. that gets me my anything that gets the juices flowing, the serotonin levels higher because we, you know, when you have serotonin in your body, you're more relaxed, you're more energetic, you're happier. And chocolate does that, which is why so many people love chocolate. You know, I it's love got those it. tryptophans. So we yes. got to create more tryptophans in, in our mind. And that comes through the great music that we're inspired by. I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show, Eli. It has been an absolute pleasure to connect with you. I have loved the insight that you shared with the audience. And I look forward to continuing to connect with you in the future. Amber, you are a champion and you are a woman of greatness. And I thank you for this opportunity. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the show. I hope that something that was said resonated with you or provided value to you in one way or another. I'd love to hear more about your thoughts on the show. You can reach out to me on Facebook or Instagram at Amber Furman. Also, I've created a Facebook community for followers of the show to interact with me and other members of the community. You can find that on Facebook at More Than Corporate. So go ahead and join that group if you'd like to stay up to date on podcast happenings and meet some really cool people. Again, thanks so much for tuning in.